Here's the grand truth. While the world insists that power, possessions, popularity, and pleasures of the flesh bring happiness, they do not. They cannot. What they do produce is nothing but a hollow substitute for the blessed and happy state of those who keep the commandments of God. The truth is that it is much more exhausting to seek, seek happiness where you can never find it. However, when you yoke yourself to Jesus Christ and do the spiritual work required to overcome the world, he and he alone does have the power to lift you above the pull of this world. Hello and welcome to LDS Real People Real Life's podcast. This is Stephanie Colvin and I will be your host for this very special episode. I have been thinking a lot about Brigham Young, um, really kind of stimulated by some lives that I have been participating in, really kind of in the background as a commenter on TikTok. I have been watching a He's not a new convert. He's just come back to the church and his name is LDS Prince CT Kid on TikTok. He goes live often. I love watching him and his just real raw faith. Um, So anyways, this episode is kind of stimulated from those conversations on TikTok. And I wanted to clarify some misconceptions about... Uh, our beloved prophet, President Brigham Young. So stay tuned and thanks for joining. And if you're new, welcome. I have to tell you the one thing that I really noticed in the last over a year is when the deepest, darkest times have occurred in my life, It's also been the most revelatory times in my life, and I know that's not a coincidence. But I feel compelled to talk about one of my most beloved prophets that when I came back to church in 2013, I was giving a talk, and I came across a talk that he had given when the church was being restored, along with Joseph Smith, He loved Joseph Smith, and he had a fire in his bones for the gospel. And I loved that. I love his directness when it comes to the gospel and his no-nonsense approach when it comes to the gospel. And I guess a lot of that's because I tend to fall in a lot of the gray area when it comes to the gospel because I lack discipline. I have a hard time with discipline and commitment, and um, Brigham Young does not, and I admire him for that. 
but boy, does he get lambasted in these latter days. And so this episode is going to be about Brigham Young. And I'm not here to sway you either way. I'm just here to share what I know about him. Because you see, I took the time to come to know him, to study a bit about him, to come to know his words, to come to know his spirit in the ways that I could. I try not to dwell too much on the past prophets and what they've said, but I had the fortunate experience to give this talk that was about the Book of Mormon being the foundation of the Restoration. Uh, The cornerstone and it just continued to lead me back to the words of Brigham Young and I just absolutely fell in love with him. I know that he is a difficult leader of the time that the restoration occurred and his words were harmful sometimes and even painful and hurtful. But dare I say, may I say, can I request that we put ourselves in his shoes a little bit and try to understand what it was like to live during that time, a very difficult, tough, tough time. We cannot judge others with 21st century glasses that lived during and then the 19th century we simply just cannot do it it is not fair the united states was the wild wild west it was entirely different we deal with a lot of politics and division in our country right now and There is a driven narrative that says we are all racists, it seems. But that definitely was the case in the 19th century. There was a prevalence of racism in this country. And that was the time. It was a hard and rough time for these people to live and survive. And then here they were not just trying to eke out a living to find food, to find shelter, to build a home, to be able to multiply and replenish the earth, to take care of themselves. I mean, good gosh, I had two C-sections. That means with my first child, I would have died. There's no way I could have lived through that birth. This is the time. Uh, indicative, I, you, you, if you couldn't have a natural birth, you would have passed. Brigham lived in a very rough time. And his character and personality, his traits, were given to him. The training that he received in heaven before he came here. And then his experiences that were put in his life 
whether by his choice or by a loving Heavenly Father, prepared him to receive the calling that he was given, which was to colonize Utah and make that the headquarters for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Brigham Young is known as the great colonizer, and yet today you hear the word colonizer and it has a negative undertone. But when you read the story of Brigham Young, it's a beautiful word because he was serving the Lord and he did the Lord's bidding. He did the Lord's service and he blessed the Lord's children. It wasn't an easy task to bring the Lord's people across the very barren land. This land is the land that is promised, but it is not easy land. Thorns and thistles, hardships, weather, tornadoes, sun, hot, you know, cold. They had to deal with being frostbitten and hypothermia and crossing rivers and rain and sleet and snow. I, I, I can't even imagine as I sit in the comfort of my home recording my podcast on technology that they couldn't even imagine during their time using my indoor plumbing while they were digging holes. Using what? A shovel if they were lucky, if they had a shovel. So once again, it's just unfair to judge them with 21st century knowledge. Plus, they had the knowledge that they were given at that time. It was just beginning. Brothers and sisters, I'm asking you to challenge. If you have an issue with our beloved prophet, who was part of the first ones during the restoration, I'm challenging you to just please take a moment and look at those thoughts and feelings that you have towards Brigham Young. Because he's one of many who looked to serve the Lord imperfectly. And it's not just during the restoration. It's throughout the Bible and the Book of Mormon as well. Look at Paul. Look at Peter. We have so many examples of imperfect people who for all intents and purposes, as the gospel doctrine has taught us, would be sinners who were unredeemable, irredeemable. Right? And yet, through their contrite heart, their willingness to change, to repent, to become anew, to serve the Lord, to become fresh, to be found here on earth. As after all, isn't that what we're doing? We came through the veil of forgetfulness to come here to earth, to find ourselves, to remember who we are, 
and then do his work to be his instrument, to be his hands and his feet, his compassion, his empathy and his heart, his mouth, his voice to go and do his work. Isn't that what Brigham Young was trying to do so imperfectly with all of the challenges of his day? I would not sit in my comfortable place of position and judge him. A lot of that is simply because the Spirit, thankfully, has spoken to my heart and shown me who he is because of this wonderful experience I had when I researched the Book of Mormon, which the Spirit led me to the testimony that Brigham has of the Book of Mormon. And it is glorious and beautiful, and he loves everything that comes from Jesus Christ. He is black and white when it comes to the gospel in Jesus Christ. President Young loves everything that is righteous and holy. He had a tough childhood. His father served in the Revolutionary War, and he was a tough father. He was a hard father. I'm not going to go into the details, but, you know, my podcast is a real podcast, right? And I think that if you're tuning in and you continue to listen, then you can relate what it's like to have a tough childhood. And we need to reserve judgment Would we want to be judged. I know that I have done things in my adulthood based off of my own trauma from my childhood, but I cannot blame it on that. I'm still responsible and accountable for what I do. I am grateful to him for his many sacrifices, for his willingness to repent of his ways. I think often of how President Brigham Young hears people today speak of him and the things that he has said and how he must regret the things that he has said, knowing now what he knows. Because see, now we have a knowledge that he did not have then. And now he has that knowledge too. And I'm sure he has that regret because he is righteousness. He loves all righteousness. That is who he is. Just like President Nelson. Just like President Monson. Just like Joseph Smith. Just like Moses. Brigham Young we owe him in so many ways for the establishment of the restoration of the Lord's kingdom and all I'm asking is if you have hard feelings please look into those hard feelings faithfully through prayer and study out his life 
put context around it, come to know and understand the time, and just give him the benefit of the doubt. Try to put yourself in his shoes. He loves the Lord. I love the Lord. I want to serve the Lord with my whole heart. I am doing something that is absolutely scary to me. I, every time I record and put on an episode, I fear some sort of retribution or somebody coming after me because I'm being so open. And sometimes my husband does as well. But then we put our doubts away and we push forward in faith because we don't serve one another by hiding and shrinking. We serve one another by sharing and standing and shining our lights and being there for one another. And so I choose to be courageous in Christ. And so does my husband. And so did Brigham. And I hope you do too. With that said, I would like to share some information that I came across in the LDS Gospel Library app. And this is in the Church History Topics under Brigham Young. So he was born in 1801 in Vermont, and he was the ninth of 11 siblings. I've got four brothers. We've got a lot of drama in our family. I can only imagine what it's like to have 10 other siblings and to be the ninth. He grew up in a family that relocated a lot and they were searching for a stable living. It was very hard to make a living in that time. His parents insisted on strict obedience to the Bible and individual industriousness in each of their children Brigham left home at the age of 16 and his mom did pass away a couple years earlier from tuberculosis. He was introduced to the Book of Mormon soon after um, and the book's 1830 publication, but studied the gospel for two years before accepting baptism. You see, Brigham was very thoughtful. He did not do anything quickly. But the one thing he did do quickly was learned to support the prophet in patience and faith. In Doctrine and Covenants 21.5, it says, For his word ye shall receive as if from mine own mouth in all patience and faith. And after hearing of Joseph Smith's vision of the degrees of glory, which seemed to run contrary to Brigham's view of the resurrection. Remember, Brigham was a master at the Bible. He knew it backwards and forwards. And so the vision that Joseph had received of the degrees of glory was different from what Brigham knew about heaven. But Brigham chose to believe in Joseph and in Joseph being a prophet of the Lord. A servant of the Lord and he embraced the revelation and encouraged others to do the same you see Brigham always encouraged others on the path of righteousness 
So he marched to Missouri with the Camp of Israel in 1834, and shortly after the camps returned to Kirtland, Ohio, he was called to serve as an apostle in the Quorum of the Twelve. In 1837, um, several leaders, including Joseph and other apostles, they went to Kirtland, and Brigham rallied supporters to protect the church and sustain the prophet. Thomas B. Marsh had resigned as one of the apostles at that time, and Brigham had succeeded Marsh as president of the Quorum and played a key role in leading the saints to refuge during the persecutions in Missouri. If you'll remember, the LDS members were persecuted very heavily, and at one time it was legal to kill a Mormon in Missouri. Uh, the following year, Brigham left with other apostles on a mission to Britain, where he fostered unity in the Quorum of the Twelve and helped bring thousands of converts into the church. Let us recall the scripture of bringing one soul unto Christ. How blessed you will be. And Brigham has brought thousands. Do you not think that Father in heaven is overjoyed. In Nauvoo, Brigham was among the first to receive the newly revealed temple endowment. And after Joseph Smith taught him about plural marriage, Brigham with his wife, Mary Ann's consent, married Lucy Ann Decker in 1842. In early 1844, he joined the Council of Fifty a group tasked with finding settlement destinations for the Latter-day Saints. And in 1844, while campaigning for Joseph Smith's candidacy for President of the United States, Brigham learned that Joseph and Hiram Smith had been assassinated. I mean, what a absolute fantastic and exhilarating history we have. It reads like a Wild Wild West novella. He left immediately for Nauvoo, arriving in August and meeting with our other church leaders to determine a way forward. And in a general meeting of the saints, he proposed that the Twelve should leave the church as a quorum and a motion those assembled sustained almost unanimously. Brigham also emphasized the need to finish the Nauvoo temple before the saints left the city. Again, President Young is always all about righteousness. After the temple's partial dedication in December of 1845, he oversaw the ordinance work of thousands of saints in the temple, often administered in long and arduous shifts before leaving the city of the West. And in 1847, he received a revelation, now known as DNC 136, reiterating how leaders should organize the saints' exodus and guided a vanguard company to the Salt Lake Valley that same year. That December, after returning to Iowa, Brigham reorganized the first presidency at Canesville, Iowa, with Heber C. Kimball and Willard Richards as his counselors. I love President Young. I also got an opportunity to study a bit more about his life when I did an episode about polygamy. If you look back further, I think it's in season two. You can check that episode out and 
there was some ex-Mormons that were really going after him and they continue to do so about his uh, polygamy marriages and they really like to make it just absolutely filthy. And to me that is so offensive because through this research that I did for that episode, I just really felt the spirit and the spirit just testified to my heart of Brigham Young's absolute innocence and honesty and honor to the Lord and the practicing of this particular commandment and his complete devotion of righteousness. And remember, the quickest way for the Lord to bring up a righteous people is to institute the commandment of polygamy. And he has done this since the creation of the world. We must remember this. This was a hard commandment to institute and to live by. And they did it, even with all of the trials and the challenges. And I can only imagine how difficult that must have been. And they did it. Brigham was definitely the prophet of the frontier. And under his administration, the saints worked together to build settlements in the unfamiliar Great Basin landscape. And in adapting to their environment, the saints deepened their commitment to a distinctive communal culture, and they endured a famine and founded many communities along a corridor stretching from Mexico and Southern California to Idaho and Canada. Brigham displayed an unprecedented vision for organizing communities, sustaining ever-changing frontier economies, and accommodating a constant stream of immigrants. And through it all, he maintained a focus on the unifying objective of building Zion. I have Zion in my view constantly, he said. We are not going to wait for angels or for Enoch and his company to come and build up Zion, but we are going to build it. While he could be outspoken and sharp at times, and he definitely has that reputation, his fellow saints remembered him as an attentive beloved leader who cared for their interests. You can be sharp and direct and loving too. Brigham hoped to promote peace with the American Indian groups in the region. <coughs> Excuse me. At times, however, Latter-day Saints contended with them and Brigham expressed regret at the way these conflicts unfolded. He was serving as territorial governor in Utah in 1857 to 1858 when the United States government dispatched troops to suppress supposed lawlessness among the Latter-day Saints in Utah. During the hysteria that preceded the arrival of the U.S. Army, some Latter-day Saints massacred a party of migrants passing through Utah Territory at Mountain Meadows. And through the fiery rhetoric, he and other leaders had engaged and likely contributed to the climate of hostility leading up to the tragedy. Brigham had instructed saints to leave the migrants alone. I mean, can you imagine? I, I, I can't even imagine this happening. Like, this would never happen today, I hope. I can't even, being a, being a part of this, waking up in the morning and seeing something like this happening, um, having other Latter-day Saints do this and having President Nelson addressing something like this. 
and being responsible for this is just mind-boggling. So while President Young's attention was often focused on the struggles of Utah saints, he was mindful of his prophetic responsibility to the world because remember, our prophets are not just for us. It, our prophets are for the world. He issued calls for missionaries to serve in continental Europe, Africa, Asia, and South America. Before his death, all or most of the Book of Mormon was published in Danish, French, Welsh, German, Italian, Hawaiian, Swedish, and Spanish. Brigham worked beyond certain cultural barriers of the time as he helped migrants from many different ethnic and language groups gather to Utah territory and establish homes among their fellow saints. Brigham Young was not a racist, people. <laughs> this is the biggest, I mean, Lucifer, he loves to play jokes on us. He loves to mingle lies with bits of truth. And Brigham was not a racist. He helped anybody and anyone. He was colorblind. He saw everyone as children of God. His family life, he married his wife, Miriam Works, in New York in 1824. And a few months after, they were both baptized. Um, but Miriam, too, had died of tuberculosis, which, coincidentally, his mom had died of tuberculosis. So Brigham's second wife, Marianne Angel, helped raise Miriam's children as well as her own. Very difficult for a man to have children alone during these times. The man always had to leave the house to go work. And the children had to have a woman at home. So Marianne Angel helped raise Marianne's children as well as her own, cared for their household alone. Uh, during Brigham's frequent absences, he went on many missions, and he accepted the plural marriage when introduced to the principle and the commandment. Though initially he was apprehensive, people overlooked this often. Brigham Young quickly became a strong advocate for the practice of plural marriage. He righted his attitude and his mind with the Lord. I had to do this with the vaccine. Okay? And once I did, I pushed forward. Same with Brigham. He had to right his mind and attitude with the commandment, and he pushed forward. The vaccine wasn't a commandment. I'm not trying to say it's the same thing. But it was a huge challenge for me. And the prophet urged us to take advantage of the modern day advantages that we have. Toward the end of President Young's life, Brigham was widely known as the father of a large plural family, and he was sealed to over 50 women. Now looking at the eternal perspective, this is a blessing once again, when we look at this from a temporal perspective without the knowledge of the gospel, they always, 
filth this up and put the dirty sink all over this. Okay? But we have the knowledge and we have the eternal perspective. He's sealed to 50 women. What a blessing. And I promise, sisters, there's going to be a piece of knowledge that we're going to be given that when we make it to the celestial kingdom, we're going to be okay with this portion of it. And I trust the Lord, and I hope you do and will too. So he was sealed to 50 women, many but not all of whom lived with him. Some likely understood their sealing to Brigham as having spiritual rather than domestic significance. And Brigham and 16 of his wives had a total of 56 children. <laughs> I have two. I can't even imagine. And as parents, they developed new traditions to manage the large family. So two of his wives were later Relief Society general presidents. And that, those were Eliza R. Snow and then Zena D. Huntington Jacobs. And many of Brigham's children, as well as orphans taken into the family, recorded fond memories of his paternal presence and influence in their lives. That's so cool. Please go check this out when you can. Again, it's in the LDS Gospel Library app. Under church history topics, there's some awesome pictures in here. It's so fascinating. Um, there were changes made to the church's organization during uh, President Young's tenure as the prophet. And there are some really cool footnotes and articles that you can cross-reference to about Brigham Young. But I just want to leave you with this. And I want to appreciate your support, um, your continued reaching out, your love. Uh, thank you for practicing the gospel and living it in your lives and in your own sphere of influence and for reaching out to me. Um, I love the gospel. And... I know that President Brigham Young loves the gospel too. He came here during a very tough time, just as we were reserved for this time uh, here on earth. He was reserved for that time here on earth as well. And he was entrusted with a huge responsibility and he did the best he could. I know that it's not my place to judge him and I trust that he did the job that he was sent to do and I am grateful for all that he's done to help Joseph Smith and everybody else to bring about the restoration and the kingdom of God here on earth that we can have the many temples that we have today that we can have the continue rolling out of the restoration of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I look forward to the return of our Lord and Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ.
Heaven is a beautiful place, a place I look forward to being in the Lord's time. And I look forward to joining you there. Thank you for tuning in today. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me at LDSRPRL Podcast on Instagram or TikTok. Um, I'm trying to build up my TikTok account so I can go live and use that as a missionary tool and start talking about the uh, plan of salvation. So if you could go on TikTok and add me, that would be awesome. Maybe even refer the account over to family members or friends. That would be cool. Uh, Also, if you could go on to your Apple podcast, if you're listening on Apple, and rate the podcast for me so that other people can find the podcast when they're looking for LDS support and faith and just uplifting and edification we certainly would appreciate it as we continue to just put ourselves out there and just want you guys to know that we're here to help in any way so you can also reach us through email at lds real people real lives at gmail.com And as always, please stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay faithful. And remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Please, please go check out Comeback Podcast. So inspirational. So many stories of people that have left the church and come back. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is that When people leave the church, they tend to leave for, I don't know, some similar motivations. But when they come back, they always have these different stories with different miracles and these different paths that are just so inspiring. So please go check out Ashley at the Comeback Podcast and... uh, There's also Dennis, Dennis Schleicher on Instagram. He is awesome. Um, I I know you guys know exactly who I'm talking about. And uh, very faith-inspiring. And then there's Latter-day Help. If you guys are looking for further inspiration, please go check out his account. I just love him to death. He's getting ready to go on his mission. And uh, you guys take care, and I'll see you next time. If you need anything, let me know. Aloha.